Welcome to the Serialized Short Story Podcast, Secrets Out, by Christopher Chapman. Secrets Out is performed by the author. You can pre-order Secrets Out as an ebook that will play on Kindle, Nook, Kobo, and any iDevice you can get your hands on by going to goingpostalpublishing.com and clicking on the store link. Listener discretion is advised. There are adult situations, violence, and naughty words your mother wouldn't want you repeating to your neighbor. And now, the story continues. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to my neighborhood. I am Christopher Chapman. This is the Going Postal Cast, Secrets Out, Fireflies, Part 3. This is Part 3 of 3. This is the finale for fireflies and we've had a pretty good run here of a couple episodes of fireflies and it has been sensational as i've said previously this is probably my favorite of all of the stories in secrets out not saying that i don't like the other ones they're all my favorite children this one just has a little bit of extra to it yes that is a technical term anyway i am going to get you right into the story and I will be back after this after the story to talk to you about a giant dinosaur lizard-like creature. So here it is. Fireflies Part 3. Nick was less than a hundred feet from the house. He thought that his uncle's sacrifice might be enough. Then he felt the sting on his right forearm. Nick looked down. Seeing the glowing speck clinging to his arm, he tried to flick it off with the other hand, but it wasn't going to let go. The glow grew behind him again. Nick turned briefly and saw that they were done with his uncle. A pile of bones lied where his uncle had been. It was hard to believe that something could be filled with life, then be a pile of bones a few seconds later. It seemed difficult to understand. Coming towards him was each and every firefly, flickering like a Christmas tree. His hips and back were killing him, as was the pain in his arm, but he wasn't going to stop. He slammed his left palm down on the firefly two more times, hoping that it was enough, but it wasn't. He was getting more of himself than the bug. It was trying to burrow into his skin. He got to the front door as the glow became extremely bright again. He opened the door, moving inside as fast as he could. He slammed the door hard, hurting his ears with the noise it caused. He also slammed it hard enough that the old wood door splintered. He didn't have time to think about the door. If they got in, that would be the end. But he already had one trying to get into his body. He turned on the nearest light and looked down at his arm. He stared in horror as there was nothing there but a bloody hole. He looked around for the firefly, but saw nothing. He felt tension on the other side of his arm, causing him to flip it over. There. Just below the elbow was a small lump. The firefly was in there, and it was slowly moving, eating as it did so. Nick ran into the kitchen, turning on the light. He ran to the drawers and pulled them open one at a time, searching for a knife. He finally found what he was looking for. He grabbed the long knife and held it over the lump. He paused, unsure if he wanted to go through with this. He knew how much it was going to hurt, but he was going to be dead if he didn't get it out of him as soon as possible. He slammed the tip of the knife into his skin. He wasn't sure because he was yelling. 
but he thought that he might have heard a small yell from within his own body. He twisted the knife, tearing his skin, and tried to pull the bug free. That wasn't working too well. He removed the knife and used it to begin cutting a larger hole, trying to get the bug out of his arm. The bug kept moving, meaning that he had to spread where the knife went as well. In less than a minute, he had carved up a large chunk of his arm. He no longer felt the pain. His arm felt as if it had become numb and could no longer accept pain. Nick kept cutting until the knife struck something that wasn't him. The hole was now big enough that he was able to pull the firefly through. He made sure the knife had pierced through the bug and was still on the tip before he pulled it out. He lifted it into the air, seeing the bug on the tip of the knife. It really did look a lot like a firefly, but there were noticeable differences that made him cringe. First off, there were the eight legs that seemed as if they belonged to a spider. Secondly, there were teeth. The head of the firefly looked more animal than bug. Large, sharp teeth protruded from its face. Some teeth stuck straight out, allowing it to pierce into what it was trying to eat. As his uncle had said about the one he'd caught previously, the firefly started to crumble on the end of the knife, disappearing into the breeze. The breeze. There shouldn't have been a breeze in the house. He'd closed the door and everything else was always sealed. The only way that something could have gotten in was... If the door didn't latch. He raced back to the door, remembering that it had cracked when he slammed it shut so hard. It was open, but only by an inch. He slammed it shut again, increasing the crack. He searched for something he could place against the door, finding multiple chairs. He reached out, bringing them closer and pressing them firmly against the door. If something were to press against the door, it would slide open. Fortunately for him, these things couldn't weigh more than an ounce. Even if all of them pressed against the door, he was going to be just fine. After getting everything in place, Nick went to the window and looked out. He didn't see any of the fireflies. There wasn't a single green flicker in the darkness. He wondered where they could be. He looked down at his arm, wondering how much damage he'd done. Blood dripped from his arm, landing on the floor in near-silent plops. He knew that he was going to have to bandage himself up before he lost too much blood. Nick started for the bathroom, but stopped when something in the living room caught his attention. He turned, noticing the soft green glow coming from the room. His first instinct was that it was the firefly on the outside of the window, but he knew all too well that Uncle Don always kept those drapes closed, not to mention that they were almost completely boarded up. There were fireflies in the house. He didn't know what to do. Everything told him that he needed to get out of there, but that was certain death. He would take two steps outside and be eaten alive. If he stayed inside, he would need to find a way to stay away from it. The problem was that he didn't know how many were in the house. It could have been one or two, or possibly even 100. There was no way for him to know without going into that room. Uncle Don had told him that these fireflies didn't like light. If that were true, they would have come into the house and immediately search for the closest dark place they could find. The closest area had been the living room. I'm out of here, he whispered to himself, giving himself reassurance. He found the sound of his voice to be the only thing that was allowing him to keep his sanity. If he stopped and listened to the silence, or the small fluttering sound from within, he was going to go crazy. 
He needed to stay where he was. No matter what happened, he needed to stay put. There was light where he was. If he ventured into the bathroom, there might be several in there, and the rest would certainly come for him. The flickering green light moved. Three fireflies moved closer, coming within a few inches of the light. Nick stared at them, wondering what he was going to do. The three creatures looked as if they wanted to come and eat him, but that was likely his mind filling in the gaps with the horror he'd already seen. They were too tiny to recognize any facial expressions. One came slightly closer, only to back up again a second later when the light was too much for it. Maybe it was only because it had a full belly because it had gotten a piece of Uncle Don. There was internal debate about whether it would have stopped if it were still hungry. Nick went back into the kitchen, where the light was at its brightest. He grabbed a towel from a drawer and wrapped it around his arm, just above the wound. He tied it tight, cutting off as much of the circulation as possible to reduce the bleeding. He sat at the kitchen table, a table that his uncle must have sat at for 50 years. Uncle Don would no longer have the chance to ever eat at this table again, or think about the look on his wife's face in that distant memory. The idea that his uncle was dead was finally hitting him. He hadn't given it a whole lot of thought because of the life-and-death struggle he'd been in over the last half hour or so. He was exhausted and mentally drained from what had happened. The suit he'd been wearing was torn and no longer would protect him from anything. He looked at the counter where he grabbed the knife, seeing the flamethrower sitting there. He wasn't going down without a fight. He wondered how he was going to handle this. The first thing he wanted to do was see if the three fireflies were still looking to get at him. He was going to test the torch on them to see if the thing still worked, and to see how easily they would die from fire. He was a bit worried that the house would catch on fire, but that was a small worry in the grand scheme of things. As it stood, he was going to die one way or another. All he needed to do was make one mistake and they'd be on him. He needed to do something. He grabbed the custom flamethrower, making sure that he remembered how it worked. He turned on the gas, then pressed the button that created the spark that ignited the gas into flames. A small amount of fire burned out of the tip of the flamethrower. This flamethrower had a trigger built into it that pushed the gas out when it was pressed. Nick took aim at the fireflies and slowly pressed the trigger. Flames erupted out of the end of the flamethrower, instantly raising the temperature in the room by more than 10 degrees. He aimed towards the fireflies and watched as he disintegrated into the flames. What he hadn't expected was that the other fireflies came towards him from deeper within the living room. He thought that they might have been looking for retribution after what he'd done to their cohorts, but they went into the flames as well, burning up. Nick let go of the trigger, allowing the flame to return to being small. An idea hit him that he initially thought was insane. There was no way that he could do it and possibly get out of the house alive unless he waited until morning. But he knew that there was no choice. If he continued to do things the way he was, he would be dead before morning. If he went through with his idea, he might have a chance, if not only a small one. He was going to burn down the house. It seems strange to be thinking about doing such a horrific thing in the name of survival. His uncle had spent the last many years of his life in solitude just so he could keep the house that he'd built with his own two hands. He did it because of the love he'd had for his wife. He died for that love, 
and this house. His uncle was dead. No matter what he did, there was nothing that would change that. He could allow the house to stand in his honor, but that was stupid. Nick would die if he did that, and dying for his uncle's memory was not something that made a lick of sense to him. He wasn't going to risk himself because his uncle had been too stubborn to leave the house that was too dangerous for him. The biggest issue with burning down the house was the most obvious. He needed to do it from the inside. He couldn't go out. There were too many out there. If they really were attracted to the fire, he needed to set it before he went out into the dark of night. That was risky. The flamethrower would create a hot, sustained fire that would burn down the house quickly. He needed to make sure that it would be big enough to draw their attention when he finally went out. That involved him making sure that he did it the right way. That wasn't something he was sure he could do. He went through as many scenarios in his mind as he could, thinking of all the different ways he could screw things up. Every time he thought he'd come up with a foolproof way of getting out of the house safely, he would think of something that would derail that. Each of the ideas revolved around the fire having to engulf as much of the house as possible. That left very little wiggle room. One mistake was going to kill him. He went to the back of the house, keeping the flamethrower lit the entire time. He killed five fireflies on the way. One bit him on the left shoulder before being attracted to the flame. It tore through his clothing, leaving a bloody hole. He flipped on light switch after light switch as he moved back, each time causing the fireflies to retreat. Nick wondered why the overhead lights scared the little bastards while the fire attracted them. If he understood that, then this whole thing would be a hell of a lot easier. He got to the back of the house, as far away from the front door as he could. There was another door here, but he wasn't going out it. Behind this door was a straight path into the forest. He didn't want immediate access to the forest. He believed that there would be more fireflies in there than there would be in an open yard. He also thought that there was a chance that the trees were close enough outside that they may catch on fire. He was taking as few risks as possible. He pressed the trigger, watching the flame grow larger and spray the back door and wall. Initially, the wall charred, becoming black. Then the flames appeared, running up and down the wall. Nick moved the nozzle left, then back to the right. He made sure that he got as much of the wall as he could. I'm sorry, Uncle Don, he said out loud, knowing that nobody could hear him. He wasn't a believer in ghosts or an afterlife, but it made him feel better just to say the words. It made it seem somehow less painful. As soon as the fire was large enough that he was certain that it was going to spread quickly, he turned and moved to the other rooms. He sprayed the inside of the room to his left. It was Uncle Don's bedroom. He saw the mattress explode into flames and several fireflies dive into the fire. He turned around, spraying into the room on the right. This was his room. As soon as the room became covered in flame, he wished that he'd taken the time to grab a few things of his first. Everything he had remaining from Wisconsin had been in that room. As with Uncle Don's house, he was losing his most valuable possessions as well. The room lit up as fire consumed everything. He kept moving, heading back into the living room. He had to be careful. As the fire spread, it would eat into the electrical wires contained within the walls. As that happened, the power was going to go out. 
He needed the fire to be as big as possible before then. It was. Within seconds, the fire was large enough that firefly after firefly flew towards it. They went into the flames, disintegrating instantly. Some, however, decided not to go. They were getting smarter, understanding that they would die if they continued forward. For those, Nick simply aimed and pulled the trigger. It was almost time. He went to the front door, waiting for the moment when he could go outside. The power went out, but it stayed light enough in the house that he didn't worry all that much. He kept the flamethrower at the ready, poised to shoot at anything that came his way. The heat was intense and the fire was constantly creeping closer. Time was running short for him. If something didn't happen soon, he was going to die from the smoke as it filled the room. He crouched to the floor, giving himself a little bit of breathing room. A loud crash in the distance was the sound he'd been waiting for. The roof collapsed on that side of the house, meaning that the fire would be visible outside as well. The time had come to leave the house once and for all. Nick opened the door and walked outside. He was surprised and frightened to see so many green dots flying through the air. Most were heading towards the fire, but some were staying put. There had to be a minimum of a thousand of them visible at the moment. That many fireflies had been around all of this time. Even Uncle Don couldn't have known that. If he had, would he have still gone out looking for their nest? There were so many that he may have made the biggest mistake of his life, but that had already happened in a different way. Even as the fire grew in intensity and heat, Nick could feel the coolness of the night air on his skin. Unfortunately for him, it was exposed skin that had been attacked in one way or another. He hurt all over and the cool air was only making it worse. Fireflies flew all around him. One tried to bite into his right arm, but he had been quick and smacked it as hard as he could, drawing blood on his left hand. It fell to the ground, still glowing slightly before it died out. He slowly moved backwards, coming to where the remains of his uncle lied. He sat up there, moving his head from side to side, making sure that he wasn't surprised by fireflies that had grown smart about the fire. Minutes passed. Fireflies died by the hundreds. He got a certain amount of satisfaction as each one disappeared into the flames. For the first time, he believed that he might actually have a shot at making it through the night alive. The sound of a falling tree got Nick's attention. He swung his head around, wondering what happened. He listened for a few seconds, but all he could hear was the popping sounds coming from the house as the wood burned. The house was completely engulfed, burning bright flames high into the air. Another loud noise, this time coming from his left. He turned, seeing nothing but trees. That wasn't entirely correct. There was something else as well that was hard to see, even in the flicker of the fire. It wasn't moving. He thought that he was imagining the whole thing, that he was envisioning something that wasn't really there, but he was wrong. A snort. He thought that it sounded like the pig that had died a week earlier. It was a simple sound, but it was unmistakable. It was a snort. Then he saw three things move all at once, blinking. The things that had moved were eyes. He was looking at something that had just blinked at him. Nick's heart raced as he backed away slowly. Whatever was there, it was big. One of the few things that his mom had done was take him to the Milwaukee Zoo when he was really young. 
She had pointed out to him how large the elephants were. He couldn't be certain, but the thing in the woods was roughly about the same size as the elephants at the zoo. Green. The night filled with neon green as the large blinking objects started to glow. In that moment, Nick saw almost everything he needed to see. Small legs. Large round body. Tiny wings that had no chance of getting it off the ground. Three eyes and teeth large enough to tear through a brick wall. There was no thoughts racing through his mind when he started running. It was all instinct. The only thing he was sure about was survival, and that became common sense. Survival was about getting away from something that he discovered to be more than 15 feet long and over 10 feet high. He ran hard down his uncle's driveway, heading to God knew where. He wasn't from around these parts and didn't fully remember the route they'd taken when they'd first come to the house. Trees snapped behind him, and the ground shook as something moved towards him. Whatever these fireflies were, they'd come from this large creature. It had come out of hiding because of the fire, but it had seen lunch and was now going to get its fill. Even as he ran, the story that his mother had told him about the fireflies came back to him. She'd said that they ate little boys and girls that went out after dark, taking them back to the moon to refill it. Was this her version of the moon? Had this thing been seen once before, when his father, his real father, had died? He didn't know, and seriously doubted that he would ever find out. Nick came to the end of the driveway. He had the option of going left and right down an old dirt road. He didn't know which way they'd come from. He hadn't been paying attention. He went to the left, running hard as the giant firefly continued after him. It didn't take long for him to realize that he'd made a terrible mistake. The road came to an end, nothing but trees in front of him. Shit, he shouted, turning around to make a stand. He gripped the flamethrower tightly, ready to fire. It was dark enough out that he couldn't see very well. The trees had been one thing, but a giant dark firefly had been another. He could hear it and knew that it was very close. Nick squeezed the trigger. The flamethrower came to life, sending fire into the night air. The light from the flame showed where the firefly was. It was a hundred feet away and closing quickly. It erupted in a sea of green light that turned the night into nearly day. It was more frightening than helpful. Nick squeezed the trigger again, making sure that it was going at full blast. The flamethrower drowned the giant beast in fire even when it was still a ways away. Nick thought that this was it. He had defeated the giant firefly, but he soon realized that the flames had done little more than singe the beast. It glowed even as the flames died down on its thick skin. Nick didn't know what to do. If the flamethrower wasn't going to work, he didn't know what would. He started running again, but didn't know why. He started into the forest, hoping that the trees would slow it down enough where he could create some distance between them. He hoped that he could get far enough away that he would be safe. He needed to be safe. The trees fell one after another as the thing chased after him. He could hear the heavy footsteps as it pounded the earth, punishing it. Nick's heart raced. He was running as fast as he could, but wasn't creating any distance between them. In fact, he believed that the beast was gaining on him. He thought that his time on this planet was running very short. 
The ground gave way underneath him. Nick found himself in water up to his hips. Swamp. He'd found more swamp, and he was no longer able to run. The thing would be on him in seconds. Nick did the only thing he could think of. He'd seen it work in movies. He held his breath and ducked underwater. He kept his eyes open, seeing the glow as it came overhead. The one thing he hadn't thought about was that he wouldn't be able to hold his breath for more than a few seconds because he was winded from running for so long. He fought to stay underwater, but had to jump up and take in a deep breath. The firefly was a few feet away. This was it. The beast roared and looked away. The glow intensified, and Nick saw what was happening. Something had a hold of its back leg. A crocodile. Somehow, even with all of the deadly fireflies, a crocodile had lived. The crocodiles he'd seen at the zoo and on television had seemed large. When dealing with this beast, it seemed relatively small. Nick saw his one opportunity. He started moving, getting out of the water and finding himself back on the road. The last he saw was the beast reaching over and biting into the crocodile's back. The crocodile wasn't giving up. It had a death grip on that ankle and wasn't letting go. Nick kept running. He heard a fight behind him that he was sure was being dominated by the large firefly, but the crocodile's futile attempt had given Nick just enough time to get a lead. He wasn't going to give it up. He ran as fast as he could, even when the sound stopped behind him. He wasn't sure just how long he continued, but it seemed like hours. There was never a thought about stopping to look behind him. That was out of the question. He ran, even as his body screamed at him that it was time to slow. When he finally stopped, the sun was starting to come up over the horizon. He walked until a truck driver picked him up, taking him to the nearest town where he told the police what happened. The two officers he'd spoken to looked at each other knowingly, but they treated Nick as if he were a liar. They knew more than they were letting on. I'm not lying. Nick told them. He knew what had happened and even told them where they could find his uncle's body. In hindsight, that didn't seem like a good idea. For a brief moment, the police questioned him as if he had something to do with his death. In the end, he was allowed to return to Wisconsin, where he was going to stay with friends until his mother's trial finished. He never asked her about what happened while she was in Louisiana. He didn't need to. Thanks to Uncle Don, he knew everything that he needed to know. The rest he had figured out just by being smart enough to know what was real and what wasn't. Nick never forgot about what happened to his uncle. There wasn't a night that he didn't give some thought to it. On nights when the bugs would flicker their glowing light, he couldn't stop thinking about it. No matter what, he didn't go outside if there was a firefly present. He knew there was a big one out there somewhere that still was looking for him. One day, he would be outside and a tree wouldn't be a tree. Three eyes would blink at him, and the fireflies would finally have him. There you have it, fireflies is finished. Fireflies is over. That was the story, and whew, what an ending it was. That, as I said, that is probably my favorite. It is a great story. And so that leaves us eh, 
week or two before the next story. The next story is going to be The Candidate. And I believe that one's going to be a one-parter. And that'll be the first Monday of next month. So that means no episode next week. But on Monday, June 2nd, there will be a new story. So eh, you're going to just have to get by without me for one week. I think you can handle that. As I said earlier, I'm going to talk to you about a giant dinosaur lizard-like creature. I am talking about Godzilla, the king of all monsters. I went to see Godzilla with my girlfriend and my oldest son. It was stupendous. It was probably the way that Godzilla was intended to be seen. I understand the Japanese are saying that this Godzilla is fat. Well, guess what? He was also very large. Very, very large. In preparation for this movie, my girlfriend and I have gone back all the way to the 1954 movie and have been watching each Godzilla movie one by one by one. Our intention was to get through the entire series by the time we went to see this movie, and we fell a little bit short. We just actually watched Godzilla vs. Destroya, yes, Destroya, not Destroyer, a little more than 10-15 minutes ago. So, still a few movies to go before we are completely finished, and we have not seen the 1998 Godzilla movie. I have that coming from Netflix. It'll be here in a couple of days. But as for the movie that I saw this Friday, it was very large, and I like the way that it was the slow burn to the, to the monster. And I'm not really giving any plot points away, but I'm talking about it's a slow burn. It is like if you watch Jaws or the first Alien movie. It's a slow burn. It's a slow, we're creeping towards, we're building up the suspense towards the unveiling of the actual monster. And that is exactly how it should be done. Too often nowadays you have, let's just quickly get to whatever it is we're getting to and then just beat you in the face with it until you can't handle it no more. No, this is much better, slow burn, and then it leads up to something spectacular. It's a very good story, and let me tell you, Brian Cranston acted his butt off in this movie, and I don't understand why. I don't recall there being too many guys that have been in monster movies that have just acted as, well, as grand as he did, just blew it away, and I don't think he's going to win an Oscar because I don't think anybody in a monster movie, Godzilla, or anything of the sort is ever going to be up for an award. But I tell you, he really acted his butt off. Special effects were awesome, and the action sequences were great. All around, I don't have a whole lot to complain about with this movie. It was very good. Maybe the only other thing I the only thing I can really complain about is I wish there would have been more times seeing the monster. That's all I and I'm talking about all the monsters. And I'm assuming that I haven't given anything away there because I know in a lot of the trailers you get to see the other monsters. So that's gonna do it for this episode. I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to take that week off. And I will be back on June 2nd with the next episode. Before I go, I do have to mention, if you want to go to the website, goingpostalpublishing.com. While you're there, click on the Amazon banner if you were going to make some Amazon purchases at any point, and you can just do your normal purchases, and a couple of pennies, a couple of shekels come back to Going Postal Publishing 
to allow us to buy new equipment and make things sound all pretty. If you want to email me, you can do so by emailing me at goingpostalpublishing at gmail.com. I will answer just about anything. Seriously. Facebook is facebook.com slash goingpostalpublishing. Twitter is at goingpostalpub. And that's about it for right now. That's about all I can think of that I want to talk about or promote. So I'm going to get out of here and I will be back in two weeks with the candidate. Thank you all for going postal with me. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Going Postal Cast. For updates about Christopher Chapman, his stories, and future podcast happenings, be sure to go to goingpostalpublishing.com. If you want to follow along on Twitter, twitter.com slash goingpostalpub or like him at facebook.com slash goingpostalpublishing. This podcast is copyright 2012, Going